that is Do It Again by Benny. That is uh, the World Cup theme song, and uh, man, has it trumpeted itself uh, around uh, these parts for the last uh, four to five weeks in a magic show which is uh, reaching uh, the end, its climax, which I'm sad to say I'm going to, I'm really going to miss. It has been a wonderful spectacle, and I'm sure enjoying it too has uh, been Dr. Michelle Cox. Our Dr. Michelle Cox has a PhD in physical activity in children, actually, uh, gained that uh, from the Auckland University of Technology. Um, Michelle Cox is also a former football firm with 20 appearances under her belt and nine goals. And we last time we spoke to you, uh, Michelle, um, we were speaking to you on the morning of the game against Norway, and you were hoping, you were hoping for the very best. Uh, you got that. Have you got everything you wanted out of this tournament? Oh, it's been amazing. Oh, I can't even describe it. Um, having worked, a lot of us, for over 50 years on on trying to convince everyone this is a great sport for women, it's finally, finally come to realisation. And, and that Norway game... Um, Last night I was at Equalise um, and Jacinda said she sobbed for two hours after the, after the first game against Norway and so did I. Tell that us a wee bit about Equalise, Michelle. Before we get on to um, the tournament proper, can you tell us uh, a wee bit about Equalise? So Equalise was a, an initiative by New Zealand Story um, who put together a program of events for three weeks before well I think it was three weeks before this um, tournament which culminated in a grand final last night with Natalie Portman who's yay just formed Angel City FC which um, Ali Riley our captain is the captain of and uh, Fatma Samora, so who, she's the General Secretary of FIFA, Ruby Tui and uh, Jacinda Ardern and it was a sensational evening. The vibe in there was so, oh, it was so insightful, it was fun, um, but very also loving, which is, yeah, it was just an incredible evening. Well, the... Football, uh, football itself has been able to cash on this uh, massive wave. Uh, just getting back to the football ferns, um, after Norway it didn't quite go to plan when they had a golden opportunity, but overall, um, did they achieve what uh, you wanted them to achieve uh, in terms of setting this tournament alight for New Zealand people? Oh, they did that in the first game, um, and that's clear, I think, with the comments on the people it affected. It made people want to come to see more, um, I think for our team, they performed really well. We've got a few adjustments to, to make and they will go forward to the Olympics knowing what they need to do and that's a really good thing. But just seeing, oh, oh, yeah, sorry I keep harping back to this, but seeing the excitement of the people and listening for me, as a person who went through years of not, no one caring about what we did, to hear people speaking um, in cafes and overhearing them going how excited they are and how they want to go to the football and they want to get tickets, it's, it's 
so, yeah, it's so beautiful. Dr. Michelle Cox is with us uh, this morning, folks, uh, reflecting on something obviously very special to her. Uh, you can hear it in her voice, uh, which m- leads to my next question, uh, Michelle. I-, I just wonder how we don't let this pass by, this wave, this enthusiasm, this this love of the game, this new felt love by a lot of people, not pass by. How do, how do we cash in on this? Um, I think we, yeah, no, I think immediately we have to enact uh, summer leagues to get those kids who are really engaged in this. This is boys and girls because honestly I've seen so many boys who are enthralled with this um, whole event and and wanting to play my little next door neighbour and so we need to do something immediately Um, also I would like to see a lot of investment into coaching not just and, and all of this I say, Smithy, I'm not the person who goes, we need just female people for female sports. We have mm. so many men who are really good, well, better, not better than women, but they're better at coaching women's sports than they are at men, men's sports. So I want to see everybody involved that wants to be involved and... Um, that will be the critical element, I think, that making sure all the kids that want to play can. And, yeah, so um, there's so many things I could talk about, but those are two critical things. And making sure the legacy is left in football to an, on an administration side, not just letting that disappear into other sports because we've been a bit guilty of that before and it's the same for other sports so I just want to see that the admin is upskilled to be enabled to do that with the clubs with all the parties that are involved in football and the same for other sports that they have that ability to build their own administration Okay, so Michelle, that goes back to, for me anyway, uh, instituting this Football New Zealand. Uh, I read alarming stories there that, um, from a couple of uh, outlets that um, the treatment of, uh, of the former players, players of your ilk and earlier, that perhaps wasn't uh, up to scratch. Is, 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 that, is that the case or has that improved as the tournament's gone on, your recognition? No, I think there's... Um, no, it definitely wasn't ideal. And I think New Zealand football will acknowledge that. And I think what I hope as part of the legacy of this is that there is more consultation, more involvement, because these are the people, and it's not just women, it's the all-whites. Like when I went down to Dunedin, um, I was with probably three or four ex-all-whites who were just as passionate as we were about um, making sure we build the game but together, right? So, and it's the same. My friends are all, there's obviously a lot of, we used to train the Bure Whites, would you believe, back in Mm. the late 80s. We, We had joint training sessions. 
And it built a community that you can't break down now. And this is these are the core people who will help in anything. And this is what I want to see in the future is more more involvement of those people. Right, let's um, And you would you, you look- would have had the same in cricket, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, look, uh, if I was to interview um, Debbie Hockley or, um, you know, uh, at the conclusion of the last Women's Cricket World Cup, which was held in New Zealand, I would ma- I would imagine this interview would be pretty close to word for word. Um, and, and, you know, uh, they didn't, I don't think they were able to cash in to the level that perhaps they should have. I don't know if New Zealand women's rugby uh, has benefited as greatly from the euphoria they had either. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure... Uh, just on numbers alone, football will be able to do that. And on a global scale too, Michelle, it's hard to argue yeah. with what you're seeing and what you're watching and the level of interest uh, that women's football now is very, very justified in asking for a bigger piece of the action. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like Some of us have been saying that for years, but it hasn't quite got to, hasn't been quite translated to the action, as you said, but this is evidence and it was the same with the 2008 under-17 World Cup with the, with the under-17s. The, the strategy behind that was to change the media perception of football not being kick and giggle and it worked and, and the media was fantastic in fact, again, we all cried when Japan went out of the out of the tournament because they're such an amazing team. And I saw media people crying, going, "Oh my God, I can't, I don't, I can't deal with this." Um, and it's the same; like they were amazing. But that's what happens, and when you've got, and this is what I'm so proud of, we've, we've come to a point in women's football. There's always been participation around the world in terms of, um, I think there are only three countries that aren't playing women's football, but on the competitive level, we've now got the smaller countries coming through and going, hey, we're putting our hands up, we're pretty bloody good also. So um, you can't, and this is the problem with the next two semi-finals, I can't pick a winner because they're they're all amazing teams who on their day can win. What I've enjoyed about it is uh, the conflicting styles that you can watch as you see these teams progress and there's a real conflict tonight for me. Uh, Spain who have got a lot of flair, they've got a very strong midfield uh, but they've got to break down Sweden, who uh, defensively yeah. uh, absolutely superb. So, how, how, I mean, if you advise someone tonight, you say it's very hard to pick a winner, but uh, who would you be thinking uh, will, will uh, tra- uh, travel on from Eden Park tonight? Well, it's so, friends, uh, so weird. I've asked all my friends who are ex all whites, ex football fans, what they think, and all of them are going for Spain, but I have this reservation. That there's a reason why Sweden have performed consistently over so many years. And yes, they're the traditional 
physical style of um, the European teams and they're great on set plays, they're very dangerous on transitions but as you said, Spain are technically brilliant, they've got two outstanding players and, and this is this is what I think we missed with New Zealand and this is what we need to work on is and Japan did this brilliantly against Spain, is that midfield pass that penetrates um, the defence line and the striker knowing where to run onto that. They were absolutely mm. lethal and clinical in that. So that's what I think we're missing, and um, that will be that will be for me. Um, yeah, what happens tonight? Because it's all good to play beautiful football, but if you can't get that last finishing touch, then it's not going to work. Absolutely, uh, totally agree. Uh, Australia. Um, have had that euphoria of one of the great penalty shootouts of all time the other night to come down from it and and rebuild again. But having said that, England have been through a penalty shootout as well themselves to advance, um, and that was touch and go as well. How do you see uh, the hosts, Australia? Could this be a fairy tale? And and, and there's going to be a new World Cup winner, whoever wins this. There'll be a new name on the trophy. But could it possibly come to this part of the world? I hope so. I hope so for them. I'm English-born, so it's really quite difficult for me to pick this one. <laughs> I've got a little bit of bias both ways. Um, so I think England are the Euro champions, right? There's, that's nothing to be snuffed at, given the quality they've got to overcome to, to do that. But I think Australia, they've beaten England... They've beaten France in terms of the pre-build-up as well. Um, they know they can do it. And the psychology in that, as you know, as a former player, is very important. They know they can do it. And they've got the home ground advantage. They've got some really talented players in that. What I love is that they've been able to do that without Sam Kerr. And... Mm. They've proved that they they don't need any one of their players. They're a good enough side to do that. But yeah, I, again, it's so hard to pick. <laughs> it's so hard to pick. Have but you, I think um, yeah. I, I would be imagining you you're front and centre tonight. But have you you got the passport out for the grand final? No, I haven't been invited. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, no, neither Mum or I have been invited, so that's okay. We'll live with that. We'll watch it. I, what I've planned is that um, I'll bring a group of my ex all white and football fan friends to uh, Mountain Village and we'll watch the game together and enjoy our company. Oh, well, that, um, that'll be fun anyway, I'm sure. Um, and I imagine you'll raise a glass or two for what's been something absolutely special. I think even those people have predicted it would be the biggest event that's ever hit New Zealand. Uh, I think even pleasantly surprised that it's even bigger than that. Um, so it has just been wonderful. And uh, it's been great to chat to you on a couple of occasions. I uh, love hearing the passion you've got 
uh, for the sport. And uh, hopefully you're right about the future. Uh, enjoy. Enjoy the rest of it. And thanks so much for your time, Michelle. Thank you. Okay.